what's the weirdest improv warm-up exercise that you've ever been involved in uh, for a show? Uh, I don't know, man. I think like there's that one, uh, there was one like where it's like where people were like pretending they were kitty cats and they were drinking milk out of a, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You can see how something can devolve into furry. Yeah. Party. Yeah, they were, and they were drinking milk and like, I think in the key. Fake milk. The improv milk. milk. Yeah. Improv milk. Yeah. 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 So we were just talking about how we should start every live stream in the middle of some of the weirdest improv mm-hmm. warm-up exercises we've ever had to do. And if you've never taken an improv class, you would probably have your your paradigm of weirdness, what you think is weird in the world, stretched because you will see people pretending to drink improv milk while they're purring and walking around a room as an improv cat and like rubbing their body up against other people in the room mm-hmm. because that's how they get focused. Mm-hmm. And, they're, the and they're a high-powered attorney. <laughs> right. Yeah, they totally would never tell anyone they worked with the weird stuff that they did yeah. the night before an improv yeah. class. <laughs> hey, I admit it. I, you know, I, I didn't even realize it, but I was an accidental cult leader. You know? Right. Yeah, improv is very cultish, and you had an improv theater for <laughs> many years. Theater. Definitely. I, I mean, I just wanted to teach comedy, but I accidentally started a small cult. You I, grew a bunch of followers, and they still are probably following you, some of them, right no, now. No, maybe I'm outside your window. No. I think many of them would be disappointed with my, my, my post-2020 opinions. I think that <laughs> I am in the same boat there. I will say this, though. I have heard so many of our progressive friends say the N-word and many other awful things in so many improv warm-ups so many times. Things I would – I would never say it. I would never say it either. Ever. Ever. I mean I remember when some of these people started doing comedy right when they began and they thought it was edgy to get up on stage and call a black person the N-word and I'm like – yeah. Why are you doing that? Yeah. That is not edgy. That's that's just not a wise thing to do. Well, you know, because I don't really mean it. Okay, well then just Yeah, we don't get say. it. We get it. Yeah, we get it. Yeah, you're a progressive and you can call other people racist while calling your black well, friend the N-word for shock the thing humor. Is, is, you know, when you, when you give people permission for the first time to uh, be them, you know, push their boundaries, you know. And they just start, uh, they, they say the N-word 30 they, times in a row. Oh my gosh, they just <laughs> immediately take that freedom and just yeah. <laughs> right, nihilists like, with okay, it. Okay, maybe don't be yourself yeah, so much. Yeah, dial it and Take back. it back a little. And they say the N-word as many times as possible and they're shoving every single thing in their mouth and butt that they can, it, it, it's all improv yeah. pantomime, of course. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, so we're gonna, we're gonna, experiment with a show tonight that I think is going to be kind of fun. What we're going to do is, let me get my notes up here. I should have had that up to begin with. That's very unprofessional of me. I stumbled onto this. It's a guy's name, Andrew Tate. Is that the guy's name? Yeah. I've never seen an Andrew Tate video in my life. Yeah, I only know, like, of him snippets Right. So he's like this guy who I don't even I don't really know anything about him. I, I just know that people get mad at him and they say he's from Romania and he may or may not be a sex trafficker. Are you kidding me? Am, am I about to have my my notes? Do they disappear? Sorry, I thought I had these up already, but oh, I, no. I moved them around and now I'm all after this is this is professional. This is why I should have done the improv yoga warm ups before yeah. we got started. Yeah. So I didn't screw myself over. Um and I, I don't even think I, I don't even think I need the notes. It doesn't matter. I don't need the notes. All right, screw them. Don't need notes. 
what we're going to talk about tonight is we're going to talk about the the lies that continue to emerge that have been debunked or disproven. I don't like to use the word debunked over and over and over again. And we're also going to look at how Seth Myers from uh, the late night shows, how he demonstrates how to be an ally when you're telling stand-up comedy jokes, how to do it properly, how to be a proper anti-racist LGBT ally when you're doing late night comedy. And something stuck out to me when I was watching Jimmy Kimmel the other night. I like to watch, I like to hate watch these shows or just to see the propaganda talking points they put out there. And the lies, they're just told over and over and over again. And they, you can disprove them. You can show video. You can show transcripts. You can show a fact check. You know how the fact checks always try and say – they try to do fact check false, but in the fact check they actually prove the, the – you know they right. disprove their own yeah. lie. And it doesn't matter. People continue to propagate the same three- and four-year-old lies for profit and to maintain this myth of Trump. This of badness that they've created about him, and one that I had not heard in a while. It's a three and a half year old lie that's okay. easily disprovable. Propped up during this interview that Jimmy Kimmel did with Cassidy Hutchinson. Do, do you remember Cassidy Hutchinson? Yeah, she was the she was the box. I don't know anything about. She was the box. box. Yeah, she was the vagina yeah. with yeah. legs and arms. <laughs> Cassidy Hutchinson that worked in. Get, can she, somebody get that vagina Hutchinson in here for she, me? I she need, was the assistant, right? That he she, he said that you don't know anything about the boxes. Is that is that the box? No, no, that was no, no, different. Or is she the one that was like about him lunging in the beast? Yeah, she was the one that claimed that Trump choked a Secret Service person okay, by the, the fake neck. Story. And, yeah, none of the stuff that she has told anybody has ever been corroborated. Uh-huh. Much of it has been people who were actually involved because she's only a secondhand witness to all of it. Right. Have said that those conversations, stuff like that, and those instances never happened. And Cassie Hutchinson is this brave whistleblower who hmm. they so are parading right. around the media right now, and they're showcasing her book that I'm sure she wrote and had no help with the she's CIA. Probably not making any money off. Of it. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll Getting talk about that to too. One legged orphans. It's number one, man. It's yeah. number one. Her book is, and I'm sure that is a natural number one, and people are actually reading it. But she is the most damning witness yet from inside Trump world that right now is on The View. She's on all the late night shows, and she – you'll notice in these clips, she is like – they're obviously very scripted because she forgets her lines. You can see oh, they her rehearse. They rehearse. Searching for them. She's like the worst actor mm-hmm. in acting class, this chick who hasn't made the words her own yet. And l- let me get this clip up here we're going to go through this whole thing i'm not going to tell you what that concrete easily disprovable lie is that pops up i'm going to see if you guys can spot it or if you can predict it as we're going along we're all, we're all going to hear some other lies but there's one in particular that i think you're probably going to laugh out loud at when you hear in that this one is actually back right now like i, I thought this was so, I, I, trump white house i almost commended jimmy kimmel for for telling this lie along with Cassidy Hutchinson. Here is how Jimmy Kimmel introduces Cassidy. I didn't do the very beginning of it, but I think you'll appreciate the way he frames her intro here. Please welcome Trump White House survivor Cassidy Hutchinson. tell you you're not under oath so don't worry 
Okay, Trump White House survivor, Cassidy Hutchinson, she made it out alive. Trump didn't rape her. He didn't hang her. The January 6th people didn't gangbang her against her will. None of that happened. She survived, and she's not under oath, so don't worry about it. I thought that was an interesting line for Jimmy to throw Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so lie away. Not that she really cared when she was under oath before. Right, right. No, but you're not under oath, so lie away. Go ahead. So those of you that can see this image on screen here that looks like uh, even more beta Seth Meyers, he's got the – He's got. It's like Seth Meyers and Anderson Cooper had a child, and it looks like it's Seth Meyers with Anderson Cooper, his hair. This is what came up when I said Seth Meyers telling uh, jokes as a LGBT ally, and this is <laughs> they made him a little more dainty. When I, I put that prompt in. I thought it was funny. Okay, now they continue. I'm gonna get a little bit of reminder of some of her previous lies and just why she's such a brave whistleblower. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Is this weird for you, this experience of being now on a book tour? You're very young. You were working in the White House. You're suddenly on TV testifying in front of Liz Cheney. And now you've got the number one book in in America. Number one book in America, testifying before Liz Cheney. Every little girl's dream to Mm -hmm. testify before Liz Cheney. Come on. Wow. Did you ever imagine you'd be testifying? I I know a lot of guys who they would plunk one off thinking about maybe testifying to Liz Cheney when they were a kid. Yeah. I don't know about you. These books, this this always happens. Every time they have one of these people they cycle through, whether it's James Comey, whether it's this chick, whether it's that – Chick who claims that chick who says that Trump raped her 25 years ago mm-hmm. inside of a department store mm-hmm. that for the only time in history was empty and mm-hmm. there was nobody working on the second floor and right. the doors that all have locks on them were just wide open as though somebody said we better leave one of these changing rooms open in case Trump wants to come up here and rape someone today. <laughs> It's like that. That's what had to happen. It's this woman, E. Jean Carroll, who told Anderson Cooper during her interview with him that she thinks rape is sexy. So whoever it is, they have their books they're promoting, and mm-hmm. their books are always number one on Amazon bestseller list, usually before they're even published. This is the FBI-CIA operation where they make this promise to them. You come and tell these lies for us, and we will fill up your bank account with a bogus best-selling book. And well, they, the CIA probably buys all of them and then turns the page into uh, – they roll joints with them or something like that. Nobody ever reads them. <laughs> yeah. You never see any of these books anywhere uh, how, ever how again. Number one, how is this chick's book number – it's – nobody – she hasn't even read the book in her face. She's, she's never read a book in her life. Maybe that's just encouraging news that it doesn't take much to become a number one bestseller. I, I tell you what, if I were to write like a, a stupid book about how Trump tried to rape me in a department store and I've never gotten over it and I just made stuff up and it immediately went to number one, then I would change my opinion on all of this. <laughs> Let's see what happens next. Uh, it's surreal. Uh, surreal. I would be lying, and I'm very much so about being honest and forthcoming. But so that's an interesting thing there. She's very much so. That's what she's about: is being honest and forthcoming. Is that something people typically go around saying? What What are you about? What are you into? I like baseball. I've been getting into crypto lately. What about you? What's Stoop? the first? 
Yeah. Right. The first thing you could say to make me not trust you. Oh, uh, right. su- super into being honest and, and forthcoming every day. Every day. A- after day. every workout, I'm honest and forthcoming with at least three or four people. Mm-hmm. Weird By the statement. way, not always great advice to be honest and forthcoming all the time. Yeah. Many, many times where it's the better option to not be so honest and not be so forthcoming. She can't help herself, though. That's just who she is. I know, that's who she is. She's all about being honest. She's, she's, she's just spilled it out in this book. And blah, you, right. you know, I can't imagine the BS in this book, but you know, part of her story that she's been telling on all these interviews is that after she testified for the January 6th committee and with literally no corroborating evidence, and she's a secondhand source on almost every claim that she makes, like she was eavesdropping and heard somebody saying something. <laughs> like she's sneaking around in the bathroom listening and stuff like that. She said that after all that happened, she was so scared for her life that she had to go into hiding for a year and a half. Because, you know, Trump was going to – I'm gonna, I want somebody going off to that Hutchinson because she was telling everybody about how I love to throw my ketchup packets up against the wall in the Oval Office, and I like to smear it down, and well, I like to throw my McDonald's against the wall too. Right. Trump does have a long history of murdering people who have opposed him, right? Yeah. I mean the bodies are just lining the streets. I'm going to throw Cassidy Hutchinson up against the wall in the Oval Office. There's going to be ketchup smeared all down it. If you know what I mean. It's uh, not something I really ever expected, but for those you know, who don't know, you story. were the uh, chief of staff to the White House chief of staff, Mark in, Meadows. In essence. In essence, in yes. Sense. You saw you saw many things. You shared those things with the committee, uh, which did not thrill your former employers. Yes, Here, that's some, a fair assessment. Some of the things you shared. <laughs> Um, that Mark Meadows and others suspected there would be violence on January 6th before there was violence. And that's a crime. Somebody suspected that there mm-hmm. would be violence. I don't know how she would know that, but you're guilty of the crime of suspecting that there could be some dust up somewhere at some point in time. Right. That Trump wanted to go to the Capitol with the crowd and physically attack the Secret Service driver trying to get control of the vehicle, which he denies, of course. Trump said... Not, not only Trump denies, everyone in the car denies and said the conversation that she claims to have overheard never happened. Yeah, the Secret Service agent denied it. <laughs> but, but they didn't bring the actual Secret Service agents into the January 6th committee. They brought someone who claims to have overheard a conversation between them as their star witness. That he did not care that the J6 protesters were armed because they weren't there to hurt him. And he also told aides that uh, he thought Vice President Pence deserved to be hanged. And you were there for all of that. Sounds like fiction, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And no, she wasn't there for all of that. She overheard much of that and was there for basically none of that. Uh, You know, I was Mike Pence deserves to be hanged. He might have. I'm not even talking about January 6th. I just don't like the way he pumps gas. He doesn't know how to pump gas. He deserves to be hanged. You've seen that commercial of him, right, where he. He yeah, 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 just yeah, sticks yeah. the gas handle in there, <laughs> and, and the the gas pump machine is going beep beep because he hasn't pushed a button yet. Yes, yes, yeah. an idiot. Okay, so there's a little recap of the lies that have not been corroborated. But you know, I can't show you physical evidence that they aren't true. We're coming up on the three and a half year old. This is an oldie, but a goodie. Do you have any ideas of what not it might yet. be? Not yet. No, I have okay. to be honest. Yeah, it's a tough one to guess because it does come out of nowhere a little bit. 
Here we go. So you know, it's, it's important for the country to hear the truth. You were provided with a lawyer by Trump's people. I, I was. Uh, but I also had spent about two months. This is where we can get a sense of why she might have been willing to go around and doing this January 6th testimony and all of the lies that she's doing now, what she says right here. So the committee had said that they are going to subpoena me. I was not formally served the subpoena. Um, so I spent about two months desperately searching for an attorney that would either work pro bono or uh, at a low cost. I wasn't working at the time. Oh. Trump kept me on payroll for several months after the administration ended, though I wasn't really working for him, so that's a big question mark. But, uh, you know, I wasn't working at the time. I didn't have financial resources. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. She had no job. She had no money. She had no financial resources. She was desperate. Then all of a sudden, she becomes the biggest, most damning whistleblower who turned on Trump, who now has a number one book that no doubt is going to make her millions of dollars because the CIA are turning all the pages into you know, butt plugs and reefer joints. I mean, she revealed right there. So the CIA has this method called, have you heard of the Rice method of, of compromising people? No, I haven't. Mm -mm. It, it's, oh, I have my notes up. So it, it is, it stands for, not riches. Uh, basically, it lists out three of the acronyms, and I don't know what they are off the top of my head, but one of them is like debt. One of them is money. Another one is uh, having an affair. It, it's all of the ways they can get people and they train their agents in, in using this this technique to be compromised and, and do what they want them to do. And she's just like, yeah, no, I was financially broke and the FBI came to me and they bribed me. This is what I'm hearing from what she's saying. But didn't she say that Donald Trump kept her on the payroll? But she had no money, right? She said, I, he kept me on the payroll, but weird. I had no money, no resources. And she said, he kept me on the payroll, and she was like, big question mark. I know. So how about we fill in that question mark? I, yeah. I'm curious about that. Yeah. And she sounds very you – know, she sounds like I, I, you know, I used to sound when, when I was in my early 20s, and I have to go stand in line at Coinstar. I was still confused about her, her when they said what she did. Uh, she said, well, her answer was, well, in essence, in essence, yeah, in yeah, essence. In, in, I, I'm, I'm very forthright and, and uh, forthcoming and truthful. I'm all about that. And in essence, I'm going to tell you the truth right now. Actually, I did find, I'll tell you what rice means right now. Hold on a second. I found my notes. Get rid of that. Jeez Louise. Sorry. I need to get a new computer is what I need. Maybe I can get the CIA to give me a computer if I go around saying that, you know, Trump threatened to kill me or something rice hold on all right here it is rice is it's an acronym used in the counterintelligence training to remind trainees of the four general motivations that can lead someone to commit treason uh, become an insider threat or collaborate with a hostile agency or organization and even though it's not really the correct acronym. It, it stands for – it's not rice. It's mice. That's what it is. Excuse me. Mm. That's why I was getting confused. Money, ideology, compromise, and ego. And compromise is, is stuff that they just look for in people's background where they're already compromised. Sure. And we can see the ego. We can see the money angle playing all the time. And the ideo ideological one when it comes to these they, – they gather – all like remember the, the guy who – 
they say he was boofing people and they had all the what, what was the Supreme Court justice where they tried to get him for the hashtag me too stuff justice not Roberts oh, Kavanaugh Kavanaugh so that was a planned uh, attack they had that attack ready before he oh. was even selected and Linda Sarsour was one of the ones who organized it I, I found this whole layout where she describes how they did the whole thing they had all of their local female activists ready and whoever it was that got selected they went to someone who they could find that had some loose connection to Kavanaugh and was willing to just try and go after him mm -hmm. so, so you build this network of just insane feminists and you can find one who knew or might have lived within a couple miles of whoever you're going after and you put the program into place and then whoever they select you just pick the crazy chick and she comes in and, and makes up a bunch of stuff it's like nuts how well organized th these things are before they even know who they're going after yeah you just find someone who's egotistical enough yeah uh, right. you say hey would you like to be famous yeah, uh, and, and, and just, look people sign up for reality shows too right it's the same damn thing. People sign up for full frontal dating shows. Right. I mean, come on. It's the same damn thing. They're appealing to that side in people. Absolutely. Right? And, you know, they, they're, they're promised with, you know, and then they talk about how brave. So they're so brave. So what brave. is the actual danger that any of these people <laughs> right. who've come well, forward? She had to move faced? away. She actually moved to Atlanta to get away from Trump, which is he comes here a lot. So I, I don't know oh. why she came here. Denver Attaway says, but he threw the ketchup on the wall. Yeah. So she, at the beginning of this interview, I didn't include all the clips of that, but they go into great detail about how Trump liked to hear the popping sound of ketchup bottles when he threw them against the wall because he didn't just want to hear a packet burst necessarily. Yeah, he wanted a to hear madman. The, yes, the, yeah, he is a madman, and she was like, and he would just flip tables over sometimes, and it wasn't an everyday occurrence, but it would be like every other day or something like that, and I think this might be the clip here, I could be wrong, where we find out this lie that it's a three-and-a-half-year-old lie, and it's back. Let's see. Here it comes. Yeah, sometimes it would happen once or twice. Okay, so let me take that back. So she's on the tail end of describing how often Trump would throw ketchup against the wall and sandwiches right here. Yeah, sometimes it would happen once or twice a week, sometimes more. There would sometimes be a week or so lull, but then there would be a bad news story. But it wasn't just launching the food and the plates and the porcelain at the wall. It was also sometimes just flipping the tablecloth. Wait, there would be a bad news story? So, like, there wasn't a bad news story about him every hour? Right. Sometimes. Sometimes there would be a bad news story. Here is the oldie but the goodie. Suggested that we inject bleach um, <laughs> into our bodies to fight COVID. Let me make sure we hear that fully. We have once again come back to Trump I'm suggesting so to inject bleach into the body. Suggested that we inject bleach um, <laughs> into our bodies to fight COVID. Did you? Now, I want you to listen to her, her response, but also look at her answers with her body as well. Because we need to talk about how she's answering, because she is the star witness. You guys know that was coming? <laughs> it was strongly encouraged for him not to oh, really? suggest oh, that someone to the said news to him, media. don't mention the bleach. And when somebody <laughs> would say don't. She's shaking her head yes right there when he asked that. Whatever. Was, did you always know there was a real good chance that he was going to go with that? I think some people were naive that when you tell him not to do something, he is going to want to do it more. <laughs> Okay, so Kimmel goes on about another minute asking her 
so Trump would do things even though people told him he shouldn't do them because he's trying to make parallels with people told him he lost the election, yet he went out and said otherwise anyway. He's trying to draw those parallels. But we have here the star witness right now, the person who has the number one book, the person who had to go into hiding because she feared for her life after her very truthful, mm -hmm. damning January 6th testimony, sitting here responding to a question uh, in, in the in confirming that they did, in fact, know that Trump was going to tell people to inject bleach into the body, and they tried to stop him from telling people to inject bleach into the body, which is something that Trump never actually did. He didn't say that. Yet this insider who is revealing this information is assuring the American public that they tried to stop him from saying this thing that he never actually said. Here's what Trump did say. I can't believe it's three and a half years later, and we still have to do this. But here's Trump's actual statement. Supposing we hit the body with a tremendous, uh, whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light. And I think you said that hasn't been checked, but you're going to test it. And then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body, you can, which you can do either through the skin or uh, in some other way. And I think you said you're going to test that, too. Sounds interesting. Right. And then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or or almost a cleaning? Because you see it gets on the lungs and it does a tremendous number of the lungs. So it'd be interesting to check that so that you're going to have to use medical doctors with. But it sounds it sounds interesting to me. So we'll see. But the whole concept of the light, the way it kills it in one minute, that's uh, that's pretty powerful. Brad, all I heard was uh, take a hypodermic needle, uh, fill it with bleach, and stick it in your arm. That's all go I your, heard. Go to your clip. local grocery store. Get yeah. cheapest bottle of bleach, Publix brand. Yeah. The title uh, – this is from Reuters, this video. The title of the video is Trump Suggests People Inject Bleach. I That's mean, the title. Just, they're liars. Uh, of that, they're, they're totally liars, and the way that they try and conform this into that lie is the disinfectant thing. What Trump was suggesting, and it was very obvious, anybody who's not trying to intentionally misinterpret that, Trump is talking to a doctor who clearly he had a conversation with about something that was currently in development at that time. And I have it right here. It's called ultraviolet light therapy. Mm -hmm. And at that time, there was a company – that was working with the FDA. What was the name of the company here? I don't know the name of the company. But the company that was working with the FDA to expedite the uh, uh, passing it through the regulation process so that they could use it on critically ill COVID patients. And when you read the paper and the description of it, it uses the exact same language that Trump used there. Injecting light into the body, a, a disinfectant that kills the germs uh, inside the body. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. It's a disinfectant therapy mm -hmm. here. It, it says here, uh, the ultraviolet light, it's a disinfectant and in, in the case of the UV light IV therapy, it supports detoxification by stimulating the immune system and promoting uh, lymphatic drainage. And the therapy involves exposing a sample of the patient's blood to the UV light before it is then reinfused into the body. This therapy can be highly effective in addressing chronic infections and immune dysfunctions. And the doctor who was involved in this said that their team has shown that administ administering a specific spectrum of UV, of UV light can eradicate viruses in infected human cells and bacteria while preserving the health. And they said that 
they would they would inject light into the body and do a mm-hmm. cleaning. Same language. He got the language from them, and then they took it and said, well, Trump was implying bleach. No, what he was doing was he was actually telling people of what – was a cutting edge technology at the time, which they had actually been working on this for years before that, that to him seemed promising. And what the media did by lying about this and continuing to lie about that is that people go to the doctor and they're told a set of, of possible ways that we can help you. Doctors don't always think of the latest stuff because they, they tend to kind of, some of them stick by the book. But if you go there and you are aware of other options, then you might go, well, what about this UV light therapy stuff? Do you know anybody who does that? And the doctor might go, oh, I didn't think of that. I'm telling you, this has happened dozens of times with my mom because we had to find outside the box ways to try stuff because they didn't always have answers that did anything. And they would then be recommended to other specialists. So by lying about this for years, they're actually probably killing people by preventing them from actually knowing a solution that could actually help them. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why uh, anyone would have any interest in stopping any potential uh, therapy for right. Yeah, of course, COVID yeah. that didn't yeah, involve right, right. Might as well call a vaccine. It, uh, it's not Pfizer. Pfizer that's yeah. doing it. Pfizer. Yeah, I, I think of Pfizer now. I think of um, Aaron Rodgers making fun of that guy who is the Pfizer yeah, Mister Mister Vaccine or what do you yeah. call Mister Pfizer? Mister Mister the singer who's dating her now. I guess. Yeah. What's her name? Taylor Swift. Taylor She's Swift. like six foot tall, Taylor Swift. Yeah. I don't know, but you can inject some UV ray light into the body. Okay. So that's the one, and it's back again. Nobody cares. And she's sitting here saying that they tried to stop Trump from saying bleach. It's just such bullshit. And she has the number one book, right? She's compromised. She got paid. Nobody bought her books, but this is her deal because she was broke. But- the sad thing is people don't care. They just don't care that it's not Nobody a lie. That, that they, don't, they don't care that it's a lie. They don't care. They go, yeah, well, okay, so, all right, so that one's that one's not a that one's not a lie. Okay, but you know, all the other ones. And, and it's up to true. you to go they're one by true. one and disprove all of them. You know, yeah, it's like no. The other one that gets me, Dem Radaway says that I bet on average about five people out of a hundred even know this, and they've probably heard it too. They've yeah. probably heard it. I watched a video of a guy earlier from 20. This was 2020 in in like April of 2020 that this happened. And in the video, the guy kept saying that Trump said bleach and he's playing the video and Trump never says bleach. It's it's the craziest thing. And the fact check on, I love the fact check. So this USA Today fact check from 2020, I mean, these are funny at this point. Fact check, COVID-19 UV light treatment is being studied not yet in use in Los Angeles. So they found a way, they always find a way to frame the claim as a straw man. And they went through and they actually said, yes, they are studying it. Everything that Trump said is being studied right now. 100% correct. But then their, their conclusion was that it was a fact check. It was a fact check false. (laughs) Yeah. Because it was a false headline. They're the ones that created the headline. Yeah. Guys, people are just cocksuckers. It's really terrible. It's nuts. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. So now this is where it gets a little interesting with, with Cassidy's interview because she she starts talking about her relationship with Kevin and Matt Gates. Ke- she calls Kevin McCarthy Kevin. Very familiar. Kev. And she's describing here some weird movie night among all of these people who are Republicans and, and Trump staffers, I guess, and they're all 
in this. I don't know where they How are, but they all survive? have houses. How did she survive? It sounds like she could have, you know, a movie night with these guys. And they watched, they watched um, the Brad Pitt movie where he plays Leonardo DiCaprio's stuntman. Oh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and she said it's Trump's favorite movie. Is what she said. It's his favorite. It's his favorite. It's brand new. Well, I'm so forthcoming. Listen to this. It's good now. Kevin invites us all, or not, he invites Kevin. several individuals, including members of Congress, back to his cabin. Matt Gates was not included. I was one of the last people to arrive. So when you're there, you have golf carts and you have your name on a golf cart. So you have an assigned golf cart. Matt, I don't know if he had had too much to drink or what he was thinking, but he had only seen my golf cart with my name on it. So he came. They have golf carts and lodges, and Matt Gates is hopped up on Viagra pills, I guess. Came up and knocked on the door. So Kevin went and opened the door to his cabin where a lot of people were congregating. And well, so wait, so that's where I stopped. I was like, wait a minute. She was in Kevin's cabin. Uh-huh. Where a lot of people were congregating. Okay. okay, all right. Drinking and having fun like people do when they're not working the halls of Congress. Mm-hmm. And Kevin opens the door, and it's Matt leaning against the doorway. And stands up very straight immediately. And Kevin asks what he's doing. He's this is Cassidy's cabin. No, this is mine, Matt. What are you doing here? So I go up and I'm like, Matt, what do you want? I was wondering if you could show me where your cabin's at. I was like, Matt, it's a circular driveway. All the cabins are labeled. You know where you're staying. So Matt- I'd like to go wait at your cabin while you have sex with Kevin McCarthy. Or Kevin looks at Matt. Get lost, Matt. Just the door he kicked him face. out of the cabin. Yeah, Matt was not welcome. And then the Matt Gates got him kicked out of the house. <laughs> so, so you notice the whole purpose of the story here is to make Matt Gates look like a creep. Sure. And Kevin McCarthy look like a hero protecting right. a woman. Even though this that comes off as a little bit of a weird relationship situation. Sure. Doesn't it? Sure. Yeah, it but does. I would have uh, liked the story better if she would have been like, and Matt Gates opened it's, the door and leaned up against it and he was like, Have you seen Lindsey Graham? Then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't trust this woman either, Denver Attaway. Not yeah. at all. I, I've never seen somebody who's presented such little evidence be promoted as the most credible witness. I mean, this is worse than E. Jean Carroll almost. Well, the timing of this story between McCarthy and Gates is just it, it, perfect. It is, man. They're perfect. so good at slotting this bullshit in. And they keep these people on the hook with all the payments. And I think once you yeah. probably start taking these Amazon top bestseller money and all this other stuff, I think you're probably hooked in to the point of where if you don't play ball with them, then you might you might oh. get thrown under the bus a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, you, but, might, become a, you might become a drowned cook. Right. <laughs> and yeah, your clothes are found separately from your everybody takes off all of their clothes before they go paddle boating. Yep. Right. It's the weirdest thing ever. I, I saw this police report on Twitter. I don't know if it was legit or not. Maybe you guys saw it too. Maybe you guys can confirm or deny it, but said that there was like maybe 30 or 40 calls to that address. Now I don't know what the time frame of that was. If the Obamas were in possession of the property for all of those calls or not, but that seems like a lot of calls to go to one place, unless it's like an apartment, you know? Sure, sure. I don't know. Anyway, you think Michelle's going to run for president? I think so. I mean, we're, we're going to need a, a for trans president. 
to get us out of this mess. You know, Michelle's going to be banging Cassidy Hutchinson with that that big slong. So is there any chance Cassidy Hutchinson's not sleeping with McCarthy? If you had to guess. I don't know. Is McCarthy married? I guess it doesn't really matter. I don't know. McCarthy's such a weird guy. I don't know. I I don't know. I have no idea. Who knows? But this is an interesting way that Kimmel, actually Kimmel kind of, uh, listen to Kimmel's slight harassment here. And then the way that he closes out the interview, I think is great. Goes around, comes around. Oh, I guess so. Wow. Well, this is. Do you have another book? Like in my, I mean, you could probably write three or four of these, right? I think I'm uh, clocked out of the. Uh, That's it. I feel like I could squeeze another book out of you. If, uh, you know. I'm sure you could squeeze another book out of her, Jimmy. You're going back to your your man show days mm-hmm. with that comment. Here is how he 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 tells her she does a good job. Well, thank you for testifying. Uh, you did the right thing. And uh, this is the book. It's called Enough. This is about... Enough. It's called Enough, Cassie Hutchinson. And they put her in uh, like a science uh, lab coat, I guess is what that is. <laughs> enough, Matt Gates. Not enough, McCarthy. It should be called Not yeah. Enough, McCarthy, ever. She had a whole book. Of enough. Enough is enough. Uh, it could be a whole series of whole this. series. Yeah. You know, the eighth I've one. said enough. You've said enough. Yeah. It's never enough. It's never enough. Look at her hands when they're in frame. Her hands suggest nervousness. Oh, oh she's super, she super nervous. Digging at those nails. It, 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 I didn't cut, put the whole interview in here, but at one point she like, I mean, Jimmy is kind of insulting her and, and telling her to not talk so much. And... and because he's trying to just ask her specific questions that they have scripted and she's mm-hmm. rambling and he's like, no, stop. And she's like, you're making me nervous. And he's like, well, I'll squeeze more out of you, bitch. All right. So I love that we have gotten back to Trump is putting bleach in the body. I think that's fantastic. That is fantastic. It would be a good experiment to ask our progressive friends if what they know about that story. Do you, just, do you remember when Trump told people to inject bleach into the body and, and see what they said? And I think even showing them the clip, they would say, yeah, that's, that's what he meant. Yeah, that's what he meant. Disinfectant is bleach. Yeah. And there's good and people on both sides. You know? Neo-Nazis on Charlottesville. Yeah. That's one where they literally cut the clips backwards and CNN played them out of order. And that narrative is what Joe Biden ran for president on. You know, that's what he – the founda- he said he ran for presidency because Trump said there was good people on, on both sides. Yep. That's why he jumped in. Yep. He was sitting on the sidelines just eating an ice cream cone. Smelling strangers' hair. <laughs> Smelling some kid's hair. Yeah. Eating an ice cream cone. Saw that on the news. And he – he Do shoved that ice, that ice cream. cream cone in that person's <laughs> pants. He says, I have to run for president. I'll be back for this. <laughs> Don't let it melt. Yeah. Take this money to Hunter. Did you know that um, it's kind of sad because the only child in America that is never going to be graced with having its head smelled by President Biden is his biological granddaughter. Uh, that Hunter had with a stripper because he won't go anywhere near that kid. He hates What is her it. name? Navy. Her, her name's Navy. Yeah. And uh, um, Joe Biden wished that kid did not exist. All right. Now what we're going to do is we're going to play what is wrong with comedy, I think. 
We're going to show Seth Meyers showing us how woke, not woke, how anti-racist mm-hmm. LGBTQ allies, mm-hmm. how you tell comedy when you're a white ally right. of all yeah. of that. Do you think people know about the term punching Punching down. up, punching down. Punching up, pun- punching down. Up. Yeah, 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 punching, yeah punching down is what oh, you should never uh, punch down in comedy. You should only punch up. So yeah. what we're going to watch, this is basically the rules of pun- who gets to punch up, who's not going to ever get to punch down, right? That That's, that's, yep. that's what this is kind all of, about. Yeah. You know? I, I imagine that this is the way you have to tell jokes if you're a white guy at those – if you give a LGBT shit. only yeah. open mics where the women and the allies get three and five minutes and the men and racists that they don't they don't really get uh, any. One of my friends had the funniest comeback to that. He's like, but what if the allies get more laughs? You have to say you have to you tell have to, you, have you have to, to stop. Give, you have to give your laughs. Stop yeah, it. Yeah. Give those laughs. Yeah. Please reserve any laughter for me. We're going to give those laughs at the end. And then you have the. The LGBTQ or whoever doing the jokes and the audience isn't giving the same laugh and you can just see the frustration and anger on the faces of the allies. Yeah. yeah. Laugh. Yeah. Laugh. Why are you laughing at me? Laugh at them. So here's how I think we can try to do this here. Okay. I'm going to play the intro and then I'm going to play the setup and we'll stop it at the setup. And if we have any ideas about where it's going, maybe we can speculate. And then I'll play the whole joke again, set up and punch, and we can talk about what they did mm-hmm. uh, with this very woke type of comedy here. Really, here is a, this is a segment that he does on a regular basis. And here's the introduction that this very, very good ally does. Here at late night, now that we're back from the strike, I'll be delivering a monologue again made up of jokes written by a diverse team of writers because I am a straight white. Was that joke written by a diverse team of writers? It's a question I always have. Writers, because I am a straight white male, though some of those jokes that come across my desk would be difficult for me to deliver, but we don't think that should stop you from enjoying them. So we'd like to share them with you now in a segment called Joke Seth Can't Tell. Now, he is surrounded by a black woman and a white lesbian woman. If this is not the most racist thing, yeah, then does it just come off as belittling yeah. to you? Yeah. Okay. So. These are two of our writers, Amber and Jenny. I'm black. And I'm gay. And we're both women. And I'm not. So here's how it works. I'll read the setups to these jokes, and Amber and Jenny will read the punchlines here. We go, according to the American Heart Association, lesbians have worse heart health than straight women. There, that's the setup, and the, the lesbian's about to go into the punch. What, lesbians have worse heart health than straight women. Any thoughts on that? So solid setup. Mm-hmm. Could go anywhere with it. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, you might expect some sort of health, some sort of silly explanation of uh to cause the condition it's a little bit of right. a, a left to right turn maybe we'll, we'll right, let's find right. out there you go let's set to his folks and amber and jenny will read the punchlines. here we go according to the american heart association lesbians have worse heart health than straight women because they have a tiny little heart attack every time they remember kate blanchett is straight yeah <laughs> Ooh, of course of course so that's uh that's the uh 
that's the odd cause of the condition there. That's the little left turn there. You know, maybe you're thinking, uh, well, because maybe they eat more, maybe they don't want because you have the man and the woman in the lesbian relationship, you know, and, and sometimes the chick is butch. I don't know. I might have right. gone with like uh, uh pussy's high in cholesterol. I, I don't know which way I would have gone with it. There's a number of ways you could go. Maybe lesbians don't get STDs when they get the one jab that they all get. <laughs> they get myocarditis because that's the only one that they all accept. There could be many different ways. I, I don't know. Is there like a Kate Blanchett thing in the lesbian community? There must be. I guess. I guess. I don't know. I, I'm not in the lesbian community. Uh, I thought you were. No, not anymore. Not anymore. I, I don't think it's healthy for them to be getting so upset when they remember that Kate Blanchett's not a lesbian. They're having heart palpitations or whatever's going on here. What do you think of that joke? What do you rate I think it? that joke on a scale of one to ten, um, I, I'm going to give that – I'm going to give that a one. It's not even really a joke. It's this is like a Dane Cook style joke where it's like it sounds it's got the cadence of a joke. It it sounds like a joke, it smells like a joke, but it's just not funny. It's a statement that speaks to a very small group of people, and I think even in that group of people they probably don't it's you're right. I I don't like if it were funny, I would laugh at it. I'm not I don't care who tells a joke, but that just I feel like I'm. Being I mean, are the preached. white liberals? Are the white liberals in this audience? Are they looking at at who they came to the show with? Did you know that about lesbians? I didn't. Know I had no I idea. Something. You learn something yeah. new with every lesbian joke, and she has the Seth, Seth never told that <laughs> joke. She has the typical stand-up comedian. I just told the punchline face going on right now. <laughs> it's so it's so terrible. Here we go. I'll play the whole joke. I won't stop it at the punchline this time. Here comes the next one. Vanity Fair recently published an article titled, Why Black Audiences Love Italian-American Screen Icons. The answer is, because we thought they were light-skinned black people. What made you think that? Because they're always cooking. Oh. <laughs> okay. Because they're always cooking. The, these jokes, again, in Denver Attaway, hits the nail on the head here. The problem is that they're, it's not universal, and that is one of the things with comedy, people do find their niches that, through their POV, but when, in that niche, you have to have uh, a universal context for the audience you're speaking yeah. to for yeah. them to respond. This feels almost like a church skit. It, it does. It, it feels like you have to laugh at these mm -hmm. or you are going to be – you're a bad guy and – the people laughing in the audience probably wouldn't dare not laugh for fear of what might happen. Another question I have is, do you feel like those were jokes that Seth Meyers, as a white man, could not have told? Uh, well, uh, look, we don't get to tell the rules, say, say the rules, okay, because of – I don't know if you've looked in the mirror today, Brad, but you're a white man. So I want to peel my skin off every What morning. you should be doing is taking notes because – true. Now you know what jokes you're not allowed to tell. There's two. No, I can't tell either one of those. So that, There's, I, I can't been, tell either one of these. I've been so telling far, those on a regular basis. So. so far, we can tell any other joke. But now I know there's two that we're not allowed to tell. I don't think there's a problem at all with a white guy seeing a statistic. That's, one, that's a writing technique for comedy is you just go find facts. Yeah. And it, it's an exercise and you just write the fact. It might be false because we know a lot of news is false. But you just write the straight fact and then you find a way to answer the question 
that's presented with that fact. That's what's going on. The kind of the question, what's next is presented, and then they do the the reverse or some sort of misdirection. And you can sit down just like headline writing and write 100 of those, and you might get 10 of them that are decent. And there's no problem with a white guy going, oh, there's a stat about lesbians. Les oh, I had no idea. That's interesting. And that, that's something that I would notice as interesting. I had no idea that lesbians have higher risk of, of heart problems than, than non-lesbians, which yeah. that, that, to me, that would, I would not want to be a lesbian. You could lower your risk of, of a heart condition by getting a little D mm -hmm. if that's the case. Yeah. Straight white guy can make jokes about that. And Dave Chappelle's entire show would never have existed if he followed these rules right. that's being presented. And what Seth is doing is they talk about how you have to use your platform right. to raise up those that are higher, higher than you on the intersectionality ladder, give them your place to speak. And that's what he's doing here. Mm -hmm. A conservative group is protesting a Weston Hotels ad that features a lesbian couple lying in bed together. Even more disturbing, they're wearing natural deodorant. <laughs> Jenny, how can you tell they're wearing natural deodorant? Because they stink. Yeah, I know. You can how smell that through the TV. Right? I, I mean, I thought it was their vaginas. I didn't yeah. realize it was there. It's just really bad. Yeah, these are like like Denver said. These aren't uh, these aren't universal. There's nothing, and there's nothing funny about that. It's not a question I really needed to have answered or. Well, I, I mean, it's a woke company and and or, uh, you don't like lesbians in bed together if you're a Republican. Well, sure. Yeah, right, right. But the, you got to have whole... Lindsey Graham show up in some sort of I mean, that's my go to there. It's like, well, in a statement, Lindsey Graham said the Weston Hotel uh, has always been America's number one hotel for men only. Multiple men. You just got to go super gay with Lindsey Graham when they're going to go lesbian gay. I know. He, he's so gay. He's, so he's like, gay. I love dick and war. Yeah, I think we should go to war. It's really fashionable. How many times do you think him and George Santos have knocked boots? Oh, my gosh. I know. Probably way too many. It's disgusting to think about. All right. Let's uh, continue here. According to ABC News, more black families are choosing to homeschool their children. Said white people, here, teach mine too. <laughs> now, Amber, Amber, why would black families homeschool their kids? So they don't have to eat food that white people make. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Well, so, okay, so deconstructing these jokes, is it, is it, is she saying that all of the cafeteria workers, because let's be honest here, schools are still fairly segregated. At least they are here in the Southeast where, where I grew up, right? Yeah. So is she saying that at these schools that are black schools, all the cafeteria workers are white people? I think that's the implication. I think they're all white ladies. Well, I think that's horrible. Feed and slop. Yeah, they need to have a lot more diverse cafeteria staff in these public schools. This is a this is a weird sick burn I hear all the time where it's like white people can't cook. Yeah. Right. All right. I mean, I, mean, I know a lot of white people that are very good cooks. <laughs> I mean, I can't cook. I know a lot of black people that can cook very I know well. A lot of too. people, like just people in general who can and can't cook. And they, really, I never thought their skin color had anything to do with it. I thought it really had to do with have they ever tried and learned how to cook? Right. 
which I, I haven't done a whole lot of. So apparently, I guess, because of my skin color, even if I open a cookbook, I'll just be like, I don't like, know what no, to yeah. do. It's like trying to dunk a basketball. You'll never crack the egg right. Quarter cup, a whole cup. I don't. I, Have you ever seen Michael much. Jordan line up some measurements on a recipe, dude? It's like nothing you've ever seen before. Well, I can, yeah. So the implication of this joke here, I do find it interesting. Thank you for the tip, Tony. I do find it interesting that they kind of, in that joke, they gloss over this growing movement of people getting out of the public schools, which that's really, the public schools are shit. Right. Yeah. Terrible. They make people stupid, and people yeah. are homeschooling what, because they're tired the, of their teach yeah. mine. I didn't get the, the implication. Seemed to be that white people take their kids out of public schools and then have them homeschooled by black people, which I, I have no idea what the demographics are in a lot of the homeschools. Yeah, I just don't know if that's true. Yeah, I, I don't think she understands homeschool. And I think that joke that was written without an actual understanding of it. Grin on his face right now. He's so satisfied with himself. We've seen that look before. That's the look of a satisfied white ally thinking he's doing the right thing. He looks like he's sitting on a broomstick. Oh, a th- just right up his butt. A four-inch wide <laughs> syllabus. Yeah, he loves it. He's off. I mean, he's insufferable. Continue. The Mets. The New York Mets recently honored a 96-year-old lesbian who once played professional baseball. Do you still know how to throw a baseball? She asked the Mets. Yup. <laughs> I can go with that. That's a Mets joke. Yeah, yeah. I, I see. And, and that's also not a joke that this, this Seth Meyers can No, I'm glad he didn't say that. He could have. Do you know how many lesbians he could have killed if he told that joke? <laughs> Every time. They just, they, their hearts, because their hearts are very, see, they're subject to heart attacks. That's what... The viewers don't understand uh, about comedy, especially comedy in the 21st century, yeah. is that you guys don't realize how dangerous what they're doing is. If if this was handled incorrectly, people in the audience could be dying left and right. Just it, it could be really traumatic for people. It'd be another January 6th. It'd be another January January 7th. <laughs> yeah. And that makes the day the towers fell look mm-hmm. like uh, day a mm-hmm. trip to Disney World. Really, yeah. You're right. People do get hurt by words. They they start. You see these videos of these activists like screaming "ow, ow" when people say things they don't like. Oh yeah, I mean, I think uh, whenever I look at uh, World War II footage of uh, concentration camps, one of the things I see is uh, the words that they're hurling um, at these people. Right. That's the that's the weapon. That's yeah, yeah. No, Stalin never punched down. He had never punched down. He never. All jokes must be punching up. A new exhibit in Atlanta will feature a collection of over 1,000 black dolls, including the first black Barbie doll. But I won't be there, like, every day. (laughs) All right, that's cute. Uh, That's cute, but you know what would make it better? If it wasn't told in this context of a white guy, here's your opportunity, black woman, to tell this joke. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if a girl... She was doing a stand-up open mic, and she opened with something like that. Well, I mean, and if he had said the punchline of that joke, yeah, I mean, that, that would have been funny. Actually, I've been really. Funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's when he should have taken the punchline. Okay, we're going to continue doing this in the DMB XR, and if you want to get access to that, go to Patreon.com/slash/PropagandaReport and subscribe there today. We got a, uh, about another minute and a half of uh, jokes to to dissect here, and what you'll get along with the subscriber-only portion of the show is you also get the DMB this show ad-free. I take out all of the ads for subscribers, and if you're not in a position to subscribe today, uh, let the ads play through. It, it we don't get anything if. 
they don't play through and it helps uh, helps us out a ton if you let them play through we try not to put too super many in there but we do appreciate that so thank you guys for listening and we will talk to y'all next time let us know uh if you guys have any videos that you want us to go through and talk about uh, uh, um, if you have content that i'm missing or, or stuff that you would just like to hear us riff on I'm open for suggestions or articles that you guys want some more attention to. So send them, hit me on Twitter DMs is probably the best way or in the comments on Rockfin or YouTube and I'll check some of that out. So thank you guys again. Thanks for all the interaction and we'll talk to you next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day.